Australia. How are you going? Hey, again, are you right? I hope so. This is NBA Straya. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a very good website. That's called Code Bet. Go check that out. Uh, you might also see this podcasting mug of mine on Fox Sports Lab NBA or in the paper. Every single day. I'm here in Larry Armour Studios. Hanging out for the final time for a couple of weeks. Before going on holidays, bro. Uh, hanging out, giving the lowdown on all the ins and outs of an NBA offseason that's been pretty chaotic and then very much slowed down. Uh, we are repping Australia a bit, so we're going to talk about Patty Mills getting traded again for the third time in 10 days. Jeez, that's not how you treat a legend. Uh, we'll talk about a bit of summer league gear, a bit of Wimbanyama, Scoot, Chet, Brandon Miller. And, uh, you know, just the last little wrap-up before I go. And uh, we've actually got the proper details on the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup. Now, I might have yelled about that the other day. Got a bit of a different point of view now. <laughs> also, a little bit of other news like Pop signing on for another five years. Uh, some rule changes that literally just got announced, so that's kind of cool. And uh, we'll finish off basically just going Damon Harden, along with some yeah, nahs, the unpopular opinion of the day in Outback Takehouse. And then we'll piss off for a couple of weeks. That'll be nice. Good stuff. All right, let's bloody well get into it then, shall we? I think that's a good plan. All right, this is NBA Australia. I think this is episode 958. Oh, geez. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better, or you better watch out for the jingles attack if you're out there in Florida. Officially, number seven for the Orlando Magic Men is our good friend Jingling Joe Ingalls. Exciting times. All right, let's start today's show. The way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. You should watch out for the hype attack. Watch out for the Filipino attack. <laughs> if you're the Orlando Magic as well. Uh, so they had, what, Kai Soto on their summer league team. Uh, the, shall we say, passionate Philippines fans uh, have had some words about the Magic giving him the old uh, did not play coach's decision. So uh, that is certainly something. <laughs> this is what this is the price you pay for fan engagement. Sometimes you know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, right. Let's get into it. Just this is the last show before a couple of weeks off. Uh, we did this last year. We pissed off to far north Queensland. Myself, uh, Squid Number One, and Old Mate. Uh, when Old Mate was pretty heavily pregnant with our Squid Number Dose. And uh, now Squid Dose is, what is he? He's like literally 10 months old as of uh, yesterday. So he's been out for a, for a bit, 10 months, <laughs> obviously. And this is his first actual holiday because if you remember, I had that holiday last year and then walked straight into a job of launching CodeBet. And uh, yeah, haven't really had a goddamn chance to scratch myself since so uh actually getting like a week and a bit off which would be very nice go get some sunshine get away from free well actually melbourne's been lovely the last couple of days but still um gonna go hang out with the olds and just cause a bit of havoc up in port douglas so if you're in up there say good day and uh it's gonna be fun so the thing is the nba season has wound down to well the off season has wound down to a very 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 handy point for your old mate jimmy here uh, because there is sweet dick all happening right now outside of a couple of uh, league announcements and the uh, sort of last little gasp of Summer League. Um, but before we dig into that, let's talk Patty. Patty Thrills! Patty Mills was traded to Houston. Then he was traded to OKC, and then he was traded to Atlanta. You might remember, he started off on Brooklyn. This last trade to Atlanta was pretty interesting because it was Atlanta basically scored you know, copying a little bit of a salary dump after the Jordan Collins at our tall cocktail trade netted them some uh, second rounders. They sent Tai Washington Usman Garuba 
Garuba, Rudy Gay, and a second rounder OKC for Patty Thrills. Uh, saving four and a half mil in the deal, which is pretty interesting, right? They snagged Tai uh, Tai and Usman Garuba for two second rounders and a million cash last week in a trade from Houston. The Rockets had sent Patty Thrills to the Thunder with a second rounder as well. So now the Thunder score three second rounders in the Mills deal from Houston. The Rockets pick in 2024, 29, 30. And Atlanta send off Ty Ty, Garuba, Rudy Gay, and uh, that second rounder to OKC for Patty, which is fascinating because it leaves the Thunder, I believe, with 21 players on the roster. <laughs> That's the most you can have in the offseason. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of players. Uh, you might remember on an active roster, you have 15, you got your two-way players, etc., and that's it. So there's a couple of blokes who might be left out of the cold there. We might need a bit of a uh, consolidation trade, maybe a bit of waving. Uh, but, Paddy, the dream is over, basically. It's a heartbreaker. So not only does he not get to play in Houston with Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale, he gets traded OKC, and it's like, all right, Josh Giddy. Thunder up! Jack, dun, 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 White. You've got a couple of Aussies there right there as well. Patty's about to join. Nope. Sam Presti steps in and goes, not on my watch. Adam Silver goes, oh, I'm not going to let you have more than two Aussies on a team. It'll be too good. Blow it out. Blow it out your ass. We can't have too many Australians on your one team. Uh, so he gets sent to Atlanta. So... After Patty's been traded three times in 10 days, starts in Brooklyn, ends up in Houston, Houston, OKC, now to Atlanta, the $6.8 million expiring contract. Basically, it's just, you know, a happy little salary matchup to slip under the new sort of CBA before the CBA kicks in. And uh, it turns out Atlanta is still deciding whether or not he'll be part of their roster next season. If he does stay with the Hawks, how does Patty Mills fit? Trey Young, DeJunte Murray. You've got two point guards already out there on the floor as your starters in a, in Hotlanta. They drafted Kobe Bufkin. Uh, they've already got Bogdan Bogdanovich as their second unit ball handler as well. Basically turns Patty, if he sticks, into their sort of breaking case of emergency bench gunner um, where you've already sort of got three to four ball handling guards and then Patty just turns into a, all right, cool, throw him out there as a shooting guard, launch a bunch of threes, off you go, Patty. For me, I'm more interested to see if he does stick in Atlanta, how an actual coach would use him, as opposed to Jacques, I'm a Spud Vaughan, who A, hates Australians, B, doesn't know, B, doesn't know he's, you can't get his head out of his ass, essentially. Having watched a lot of Jacques Vaughan coach, I am not full of confidence for Brooklyn. Just saying. Uh, but Quinn Snyder, maybe we'll use Patty Mills properly, which is just give Patty the ball, let Patty cook. That's basically the proper way to use Patty Mills. And uh, we're about to see it happen, obviously, in the World Cup when Patty and the boys win gold in Asia. It's going to be awesome. So if he doesn't stick with Atlanta, which he probably should, like, they don't have a giant amount of other options outside of the, you know, the three sort of stalwarts and the new, the rookie there in Hotlanta. And the only problem is going to be just like the roster crunch, right? Because you've got Bufkin, they bring in, they have AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson from last year. They've also got DeAndre Hanna and Big Deke Bay. They've got Vic Krejci. You know, Patty might stick around. So that'd be kind of nice because it'd be nice to see what our first hawk since uh, Hump Day, Isaac Humphrey. So, uh, but if he gets bought out, I wouldn't be surprised to see him land back in San Antonio with Pop, bit of a veteran, you know, system dude next to Wemby and all their young dudes like Trey Jones and co. Uh, or you might see just a team who needs veteran bodies on the cheap grab Patty. So someone like the Heat or the Clippers or the Bucks. Uh, maybe even the Sixers. Like, it's basically a team, once the Dame and James Harden deals either happen or don't, uh, you'll have a couple of teams that'll be out there scrambling for warm bodies and dudes who know what they're doing 
and know their ass from their elbow. And that is exactly Patty Mills. But I feel like Atlanta is actually not a bad fit right now. But I wouldn't mind him on a team where he actually has a little bit more of a role. Hawks, it just sort of seems like, yeah, you just hang out in Atlanta, be a bench legend, and away he goes. But anyway, still reckon he'd be still really good in Brooklyn, but not with Jacques Vaughn. Right. It means we've also still got four teams without an Aussie representative ever in the history of the NBA. I think that's Miami, Memphis, Indy, and the Clippers because Doc Rivers hated Joe Ingles and that blew up in his face, didn't it? Here's an idea. If the Clippers had have kept Joe Ingles back in 13-14 range, would they have won a title? Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, Jingles on the cheap as your sort of wing gunner. Just saying. Doc Rivers cost himself another title. Anyway, moving right along to some other news. Greg Popovich signed on for five more years for $80 million as the head coach and uh, El Presidente of Basketball Operations. I mean, why wouldn't you? You just snagged Wemby. You've basically gone, we've gone from one generational big man in the Admiral David Robinson to another in Tim Duncan 20 years later, well, actually 25, 26 years later, after what was that, the 97 draft, and here we are with Wemby again. The question is, is Pop the best coach of all time, or is he the luckiest? <laughs> but 80 million for five more years, of course you'd do it. What's he going to do? I love these things. Oh, yeah, Pop's really thinking about retiring. What's he going to do? Oh, he, he's a man of letters. He'll read books and drink wine. Bullshit. He's like Bill Belichick. Just like they live, breathe, and shit basketball, football, whatever their sport is. They're going to coach until basically they're wheeled away. And uh, good on Pop. Love to see it. Go get paid, son. Go get paid. Uh, we had a couple of other little bits of news. We had Big Beef Stew. That's right, Beef Stew. You love to see him get pooed. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, four-year, $64 million rookie extension with the Detroit Basketball Pistons. That's the first non-max extension for the 2020 draft class. Pretty cool. And then Basketball Paul, the old poison pill basketball Paul. The Sixers matched the Paul Reed offer sheet that Utah basically had him there, uh, which was... The Sixers have to guarantee the last two years of Basketball Paul's deal if they win the opening round of the playoffs this season, which is just like a... It's a three-year, $23 million where it's like, ah, this is just a kick in the nuts of Philly as Utah basically just tried to steal a bit of Paul Reed or ultimately also kind of went, eh, we can try to steal him and if we don't, we fuck over Philly. It's a win-win, says Danny Ainge. And that's what happened. So the Sixers matched it. It's hilarious. The three-year, $23, 24000000 million offer sheet with the Diaz has been matched. And uh kind of love it. Because I think out there in Utah, you've got Justin Zanuck. Is that right? I think uh, so he was the agent who helped Daryl Morey do the Omer Sheik deal, which had the poison pill, uh, when they signed him away from Chicago there. And Zanuck is now getting one back on Morey in Philly while in Utah. That's pretty fucking funny. Don't mind it. Other little bits of news, the Sovereign Wealth Funds. Uh, the Qatari Sovereign Wealth Fund buying a minority stake in the Wizards. Adam Silver says a uh, Sovereign Wealth Fund won't control an NBA franchise anytime in the foreseeable future. He's like, there's no contemplation right now. We want individuals in charge of our shit. It's like, okay. Until the number gets a little bit too big and Adam Silver goes, I don't mind that amount. Let's do it. Morals. I don't even care. Speaking of morals. Kyrie Irving, he's got big morals. He doesn't understand that the world's fucking round because he's a dumbass and doesn't mind, uh, you know, a bit of, uh, I don't know, anti-Semitism in his spare time. Loves a bit of it. Uh, You might remember, basically Nike went, all right, you're just a fucking pain in our ass. So now he's gone and signed with, uh, was it Anta, the Chinese group? It's like, yeah, they seem pretty chill. (laughs) Good Kyrie, just oh, I'm a, I'm a world world citizen. Open your third eye, man. Ch- China gave me lots of money. <laughs> what a fucking dickhead. NBA Kanye to the max. All right, last little bits. Rule changes. 
The Board of Governors has approved two new gameplay changes for next season, which is awesome. You get an in-game penalty for flops that results in a technical foul free throw. That is very cool. They've been trying this out, obviously, in Summer League. Handy. And you get a second Coach's Challenge awarded if your first challenge is successful. It still boggles my mind that this wasn't the first way we did this. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, look, we got the call wrong, but because you pointed it out, you don't get to do it again. <laughs> sure, you were right, but fuck you. It's like, all right. So about time, the second challenge is awarded if you get the first one correct. Love that. Uh, but I do love the in-game penalty for flops. The thing is, will the NBA stick with it? This is the thing. Each fucking year we come in with a new, there's a point of emphasis on this. And then within six weeks, they fucking give up. It's like, oh, we're going to foul. We're going to start giving fines for flopping. Six weeks later. Oh, nah, we've stopped that, eh? We are going to start fining everybody for load management. Six weeks later. Ah, nah, we've given that up, eh? We have in-game penalties for flops where you get a tech foul. Six weeks later. Are we going to see it? I want to see it continue. Fucking grow a pair. Stick with it, refs. Jesus. You know what I'd like to see, though, uh, is the video ref just come swanning in and go, you know what? That was a fucking flop. Uh, send it to Secaucus. <laughs> we'll see what I'll tell you what, LeBron and what? Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry. They're going to be a shambles. What do you mean? I get a, a tech foul against me for flopping. Oh, man. I do love it, though. But this is a thing that the NBA has been trying to combat for a while, uh, especially, you know, block or charge, that sort of vibe. And this is one way of sort of trying to go, well, James Harden's like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Kyle Lowry's like, what the hell? What are you fucking... God damn it. <laughs> it's going to be pretty funny. So uh, we're going to have a couple of weird moments, I think, next season where people get used to this and then we might just... I don't know. If they stick with it, this is a good way... This is a good first step in trying to eliminate flopping. Right. In-season tournament, the NBA Cup. Now, you might have heard me yell about this last week uh, where we have a wildly convoluted NBA Cup. And this is still my problem. If you need to tab Richard fucking Jefferson to do like a two-minute video explainer on just how it works, you've cooked it. As I said last week, my idea was going, fuck it. Piss off this idea... Of like, oh, group group play happens during their season and then you have to play teams from a completely arbitrary group of teams during the regular season. They count towards an NBA Cup and then you play them, play them and play them in groups and then six of the teams plus two walk and you're like, fucking, you've lost me already. My idea of simply just going, we're stopping the league for two weeks and having a single elimination tournament that's going to be fucking gnarly. Simple as that. Make it simple, stupid. Simple as that. But the way they've actually sort of finagled this, I don't mind it because the details came out. And every Tuesday and Friday in November, all the games are going to be NBA Cup games. All of them. So all of the matchups on your Tuesdays and your Fridays, aka your Wednesdays and your Saturdays for us here in Australia, they will be NBA Cup games as well as regular season games though, right? So, that's kind of neat. It's like, this was the line of demarcation for, oh, we're going to have the NBA Cup during the regular season. Yeah, but if you carve it out on specific days, that's okay. Because if the entire schedule on those days, you go, that's an NBA Cup day. Sick. And then you go, right, they also count as regular season, but whatever, that's an NBA Cup day. Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, Friday. NBA Cup. Love it. Good on them. So you play your four group stage games, Tuesday and Friday, throughout November. And uh, you play, what, each team in your group once. Your group winners go to the knockout rounds, and there's the two wild cards, which is a team in each conference with the best record in the group stage games that didn't win the group. The knockout rounds, a single elimination, and uh, 
I love it. The quarterfinals are played in market. Uh, then the semis and the so the last what four go to Vegas and off they go. So that is sick. But I just like the idea of the cup is fine. Do the in season tournament. What do you get for winning it? <laughs> five hundred grand for the winning team for the each player gets five hundred grand. Oh, Jim, that's not much compared to how much NBA players get. Yeah, you know what's nice? A five hundred grand bonus. If you're fucking one of the dudes on the veteran minimum, it's like here is an entire quarter of your salary as a bonus. That is fucking awesome. If you're LeBron, it's like, there you go. You can pay off the fucking college recruiters a bit more for your shit kids. <laughs> ah, don't mind it. Um, but seriously, like, yeah, it's 500 grand for the winners, each 200 grand for the losers, and uh, so on and so forth. But really, the NBA Cup, what it needs to do is just carve out, as it has done, the specific days. It's like this entire day's worth of games. This slate is all NBA Cup. Tuesday. Friday, NBA Cup. Tuesday, Friday, NBA Cup. Tuesday, Friday, NBA Cup. Tuesday, Friday, NBA Cup. Then we get to eliminations. Then it's on for young and old. And away we go. It's not bad. It's better than it could have been because they went, right, we do need to like separate the games from the regular season and to go Tuesdays and Fridays, our NBA Cups is fucking smart. Great job by the uh, Brains Trust there at the NBA. You know me. Oh, but Jim, don't you usually have problems with that? Yeah, but I fucking calls it how I sees it, don't I? And if I like it, I likes it. Simple. Right. What else we got? Summer League. Jeez, I'm covering a bit of ground today. It's, you know, last show for a bit, so I'm just going to hit on all my, all, my, all my talking porch. Sound good. Might have some coffee as well. Why, bloody well, well not. I'm on holidays. Good times. Uh, Summer League. Wemby, he's been shut down. Scoot, he's been shut down. Brandon Miller, still playing because he's shit. <laughs> and they're like, we need to keep playing Brandon Miller so he knows how to play basketball. Oh, my God. Uh, no, Wemby got shut down after two games. We obviously talked about... Uh, no, we didn't talk about this the other day because uh, his first game was shit. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he sucks. Then he was awesome in the second game, 27 and 12 with a couple of blocks. Oh, three blocks, wasn't it? And uh, look good. I'll have some extra thoughts on this in year Nas. But uh, also, this is why I look at Summer League and I have asked, I had a couple of people ask me, you know, and go, Jim, why don't you go to Summer League? I'm like, A, I've got two very small kids. B, eh, it's a showcase. And like, if you are the likes of, you know, our good friend Liam Santa Maria or the ESPN Australia guys, where it's your job to re- basically do a lot of reporting on like NBL prospects who are playing in summer league and stuff like that, then that's great, right? Uh, but for me, who is currently only basically covering NBA gear, and this is literally called NBA Australia, like it's a showcase. It'd be fun if I could go. I'd love to go and check it out. But I'm not going to like sit here and like you know drag net all the way through summer league with a uh, proper NBA Australia breakdown of every single game, right? Because it's a showcase. It's Gunners looking to put up numbers. It's developmental dude showing their coaches that oh, I can play. See, this is how I would play if you gave me the chance. That sort of vibe. you got second-year dudes like Dyson Daniels absolutely carving it up. He's playing right now, and uh, that's probably the last time he needs to play because he's fucking killing it again. He had a great first game the other day. Uh, Xavier Cook, same sort of vibe, right? But it's dudes like Xavier Cooks that this is perfect for where he's that little bit older. He knows how to play. He just needs to show the Wizards coaching staff, hey, just give me a chance, and I'll be... This good for our NBA team. And, like, you watch some of the games and you're like, this is fucking brutal. Some of it's fun. And you do see flashes and you sort of get a little bit of something from some of the guys where you look at them and go, oh, shit, you can do that. Cool. But as a whole, like, that's kind of essentially most of its value where you're just, like, sort of looking for flashes, looking for growth, uh, looking for the moments where you go, aha, this guy is that. If somebody still sucks in Summer League in their second year or something like that, then that's when you start getting worried. But that's why the Wemby hype was fucking chaos, right? You're like, dude, like someone like Wemby's not built to dominate Summer League, and then he did in the second game anyway, 
And it's like, yeah, because he's just a fucking really good basketball player who's seven foot five. <laughs> but he's also not Zion, who's like built like a brick shit house, who's going to absolutely just demolisherate every single person in front of him, right? So that's kind of like the weird part. Um, he's a super talent who, like Wemby, when he actually has NBA players around him, like you'll just go, oh, right, he's fucking awesome. So, yeah, the thing that got me, I think, is that the hype is absolutely chaos. And especially for somebody like Wemby, where you go, yeah, he's going to be, he's not going to come in and dominate right away. Defensively, he's going to be all right. Offensively, I think it'll be a little bit of work. But it also sort of screamed to me that, like, did did nobody just, like, actually watch more than, like, fucking sizzle reels of him? Like, the hype was chaos. It's like, just watch actual gameplay footage, watch actual games of his, and you'll get more of a vibe for what he, like, the depth of his game, which is what you should probably be appreciating rather than the, oh, he's going to go and dunk on everybody in Shabba League. You know? He's going to be amazing once he gets built up a bit more. And uh, it was interesting that his agent said, look, we're going to fight to put not to not put too much weight on his body, right? Like, weight is a mistake. We're going to focus on strength and core. And uh, he went on to say that they, we were pleased that he linked up with Kareem, who played until he was 41. Like, that's the path we want to take. It's like, yeah. Bit of finesse. This is why I hated the Woj hype so much. Oh, he's the best prospect in the history of the world. It's like, I don't know, have you seen? There was a bloke named Achilles once upon a time. Uh, <laughs> Gary Ablett Jr. Ring a bell. Um, but he's that big and that skinny, but he's so fucking talented. Like, just give him a year or two. Like, that's when we're going to find out. Like, he's going to be special, but he could also just be a even taller Carl Anthony Towns, you know what I'm saying? But give him two years, and we might go, shit, he might actually end up being like another Kareem-ish kind of dude. But the hype just got to pump the fucking brakes a little bit, don't we? Yeah, he's got the unicorn vibes, but he's got to stay healthy. He's wildly fucking talented, but Jesus. Anyway, um, speaking of which, the other prospects, Brandon Miller, you saw flashes his first couple of games, and then you saw a little bit more of him putting it together in the third one. I am going to talk about Scoot versus Brendan Miller in a second, but Scoot looked fucking awesome in his first couple, like first bit. And you're like, yep, Scoot's unreal. He's my favorite rookie of the year by far. Uh, Chet Holmgren looked pretty good as well. I just don't know if he's going to have the numbers to win rookie of the year, whereas Scoot, like Dame's going to be kicked to the curb by Portland and Scoot, it's going to be Scoot's team. It's going to be Scoot, Anthony, Anthony Penny Simons, and uh, Shade and Sharp going hammer and tongs, and Scoot's going to get numbers and win Rookie of the Year. Uh, but Brandon Miller, look, dudes, his size with his handle and like his shooting ability, like give him a year or two as well, and he's going to be—he should be pretty good. I've already made the jokes where it's like, yeah, he's Marvin Williams. Great job, Charlotte. You're just fucking cornering the market on Marvin Williams's uh, ahead of, you know, Dame Lillard ahead of Chris Paul's, which is what they've done before. But Miller's going to be good. But Scoot looks fucking awesome. I love him. He's great. Uh, Armin Thompson looked pretty good as well. I just hate that fucking Houston team. Apart from Jock Landale, that team sucks. Uh, Dylan Brooks has actually got a bigger contract than we thought. Four years, 86 mil. Jesus. And Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet. It's just like, oh, yeah, cool. What should we surround our gunners with? Oh, a couple of veterans. Who's that? Oh, it's a gunner. His name's Dylan Brooks. Oh, that's going to be great, great. Uh, Keontae George was sick for the Yaz. Um, but as I mentioned, Dyson Daniels, Xavier Cooks out there having a good time as well. But really, I think what we've gotten from this summer league is uh, a bit of Wemby, a bit of fun stuff, looking pretty good. Otherwise, you're sort of getting into the uh, depths of it now, and it's... It's kind of what you want to see from Brandon Miller. Just sort of him just having that solid outing where it's like, oh, shit, there you go. That's a bit more like it. And so on and so forth. And uh, that's what we're sort of seeing. So kind of nice, uh, exciting times in Summer League. But also, can we just... I don't like this rush to go, oh, Wemby sucks. Or Wemby's the greatest player who's ever played. It's like he hasn't played a fucking NBA game yet. You know? Pump the brakes just a little bit. And I don't really like him for Rookie of the Year because I think the Spurs will sort of just, you know, softly, softly it. They know they're not going to win the title this year, and away they go. 
Right. Other little bits before we do the year Nas and then piss off for a bit of holiday action. What's left? What is left? Well, there's Dame Lillard and there's James Harden. It does feel like the Dame Lillard situation's gotten to a point where they're pretty happy to let it marinate. Joe Cronin said he hasn't spoken to Dame. Feels like he's failed him as well by not building a uh, contender around him. It's like, yeah, no shit, Joe Cronin. Um, but the Clippers and Celtics have a level of interest in acquiring Dame, apparently. But Dame apparently is... Uh, I love this. He's only willing to sign off on joining the Heat. So, well, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so it doesn't really fucking matter on what he signs off on, you know? And then I love that Shams would say, well, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but he kind of has something similar to it. But does he? Does he really? Oh, Dame is not interested in playing for you, team, who has just traded to him that is not Miami, or who's been traded to that's not Miami. Cool. Well, we'll just not pay you for your four years of your maximum contract if you want to sit out. That's cool. Sick. See how that goes down, Dame. Because you know that contract that you signed to get paid for playing basketball. If you don't play the basketball because you're sad about who you're playing it for, you can blow it out your ass. Simple as that. But either way, I still think he ends up in uh, Miami. I just think it'll take a little bit of horse trading when it comes to the Tyler Hero pieces and how many, I dare say, like a pick or two that Brooklyn's willing to give up for him. Um and a couple of basically Portland trying to well, Portland trying to wrangle more picks out of Miami, Miami trying to lowball Portland as much as they can, going well he's not going to play for anyone else, so you better take this offer. And Portland going, mm, we don't really care, we'll push this out to February. The dude's contract for four more years, blow it out your ass. So, I think that's what we'll say. Ramona, sh- well that's what we'll see. I think we'll just sort of see a bit of a uh, standoff, and uh, nothing will really get done. I think for another month until. Especially now that Jaime Hawkes for the Heat, their first round draft pick can't get tra- can't get traded for a month after signing his rookie contract. So, uh, Ramona Shelburne also said, "I talked to two GMs this morning who said we might be looking at another Ben Simmons situation." Dame has four years left in his deal. Portland can take their time. Let's see if he shows up for training camp. If they want to wait till February to trade him, they can. And that's kind of where it sits. They should be saying this, and they should keep saying it. They go, Miami, we don't fucking care. Because you know what's going to happen? We're going to get to training camp. One other team's going to go, ah, fuck it. Let's trade for Dame. <laughs> Seriously, that's what will happen. Like, if it doesn't happen in the next month, in September, start of October, one team will go, ah, oh, yeah, who cares? Let's go get him. He'll get in here. We want to play and away we go. So they're going to sit on that. And Harden, same sort of vibe. But Daryl Morey, if he can't find a deal, he'll trust himself to tickle James Harden's beard and balls and keep him around for an extra year or whatever. Uh, especially after that, you know, Michael Rubin's white party, a.k.a. just... You can be as rich as you want, but you can still be a massive fucking dork, you know, party. Uh, I think... We saw Ramona come out and say, I don't think they're close on anything. Harden has spoken to Moray since the first trade request. There's a cooling-off period. They've spoken again. He's reiterated that he wants to be traded, but it's a, not a demand. It's a request, a.k.a. you can talk me back around, which is pretty interesting. My vibe on that is, if they can't find a deal, Moray just goes, fuck it. <laughs> I'm keeping my boo, my boo James Harden. Fireman hoop, Felix Land. That's right. He's going to stick around, I reckon. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with some very, very brief yeah, nahs, and then we're going to piss off on holiday right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright, let's quickly do some yeah nahs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. People! Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Go to NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Buy a hoodie, buy a t-shirt. Look cool. It's very nice. 
and you know help support your favorite daily NBA show. Uh, even though we haven't done a show since last Friday, but also we're going on holidays, so whatever. Off season, baby, let's do it. Uh, you can click there on the socials as well for the uh, the socials. You know, on the they got nice, pretty pictures of all the of all the t shirts and gear. Uh, still waiting on my fucking stubby holders, but either way, right? Let's do some yeah nahs. Very briefly, is Wemby gonna be fine? Yeah nah, yes. As I said, this house of highlighting of the NBA, it's like, this guy looks amazing. It's like, it feels like Zion. As I've said time and time again, Zion's stats are just like his diet. Lots of empty fucking calories. Like, it took Zion a bit to adjust to the NBA, and he was already built like a brick shit house. He kept getting injured anyway, and he still barely impacts winning, it feels like, uh, on a really high level. Fuck, it took LeBron a while to adjust. And the way I look at the Wemby thing, right? AD, Dwight, KG, they took a bit to get going and get adjusted and like actually sort of have that uh, you know, real sort of NBA-ready body. And you look, oh, but look at Tim Duncan, Jim. It's like, yeah. Tim Duncan was a senior when he was drafted. He played four fucking years at Wake Forest. Kareem was the same, right? Like three, four years at UCLA. Wemby's like 19. He looks like a 7'20 Bambi. He's going to be good. And it's like, oh, it's like if fucking KD was like a half foot taller. It's like, yeah, in three years, maybe. If the jumper and the mechanics are correct, maybe. Let's not like pretend that he's fucking Michael Jordan at seven foot five right now, though. Bloody hell! The hype is chaos. Woj just blah, 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 batting off on fucking live TV about it. It's just gross. As I said, he could be special. He could also just be a taller Carl Anthony Towns. But defensively, I think this is where he's going to have to hang his hat right for the first couple of years, where it's just like he if, he is just a fucking menace on defense, where you just stand him at the top of the key and go, all right, best of luck getting past this fucking pterodactyl. You know? This is a Spinosaurus that's playing basketball. That sort of gear. Then you might see him just go like, oh, shit. He could be an all-timer if you have the defensive instincts that we sort of think he does and that we've sort of seen flashes of. And offensively, if he sort of, you know, builds up over the next two years, three years, then, yeah, he's on the right track. But God damn, he's going to be fine. It's going to be all right. Is he going to be an all-timer? We don't know. Is it kind of useless, like, pontificating about it? Yeah, probably. Like, we'll probably know within, like, I don't know, five, six weeks of his rookie season just how long it's going to take for him to get there, right? More than anything. Let alone if he's ever going to get there. Uh, But... I kind of enjoyed the sort of uh, roller coaster of emotions that we saw with the Wemby gear. Like, that first game was absolutely insane. The hype and, like, the way that people are so engaged with, like, a summer league game and that one player's sort of, like, success or failure. And then it's like, oh, he's a bust. It's like, it's a summer league game. Let's all fucking chill out. <laughs> I think he'll. Re- I think he'll be fine. I think defensively he'll be really, really uh, solid to start off with uh, this year, and like that's the value in going to somewhere like the Spurs, right? They're not going to take shortcuts. They're not going to be like, if he was on Houston, he'd be like, oh, he's fucked. <clears throat> if he was on Charlotte, you'd be like, ah, Steve Clifford hates young dudes. This is going to be a bit shit. But he's on San Antonio, so they'll give him a good base to work from defensively. Everything else will go from there. And then in like three or four years' time, he'll be fucking unreal. That's basically my read on it. Anyway. Jim, is Scoot going to be better than Brandon Miller? Did Portland just get the reverse of the Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan? Well, he's not MJ, so just fucking chill out on that. But Scoot falling to them at three feels like just a... As I said at the time, the absolute best of all worlds for Portland. Because Brandon Miller, he's not exactly what they needed. They needed a scoot to replace Dame. And if they go get a whole bunch of cool shit for Dame, then they're laughing. Uh, Scoot's going to be unreal. 
Brandon Miller, look, I'm not on, not as down on him as uh, some folks are, just because I feel like his size, his length, and like his talent that we saw bits of. I worry that the shooting sort of comes and goes, and you can forget that he's out there. He does the old disappearing act. But at the same time, so did Jason Tatum earlier in his career. So did Paul George. And that's sort of the comp that you should be going for. So I think you'd be right. But Scoot Henderson, it's going to be one of those ones where you go, oh, ah, yep, Charlotte, fuck that one up. Nice one. Uh, is Patty Mills going to be all right? Yeah, nah. Yeah, Patty's always going to be fine. If he's in Atlanta, if he, you know, gets, you know, cut, moved again, who cares? Patty's going to be fine. Uh, but Luke Fragona sent in a good one. Yeah, nah, surely whichever fuckstick thought to trade Patty Mills out of OKC before we even got one game. Of all of them together makes the fucking list based off this alone. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Sam Presti, you just made the list. Because you had a chance right then and there to do the first time. Like, three Aussies on one team. Let's fucking go. I'm just saying, we're going to go and win the fucking gold at the FIBA World Cup. And you decided, oh, actually, having the core of that team play together isn't a good idea. Sam Presti, congratulations, you made the list, and you played yourself. All right, and this is the big one. Last one. Do Damon Harden both get traded before you come back from holidays, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Nah. I'm back in like 10 days. I don't think both of them get traded. Uh, I don't think either of them get traded, unless there's like a surprise suitor out there for Dame or the Clippers go, actually, look, we all want to go on holiday, so um, fuck it. What do you need, Daryl? Give us Harden, and away we go. And, I don't know, maybe Brooklyn goes, actually, fuck it, let's just go get Damon. just let him settle in here. He'll love Brooklyn over the summer. It'll be nice and fun. Be a bit different to fucking Portland, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but, no, nah, I don't think either of them do. I think what we'll see is uh cooling off period, Portland just basically shut it all down, just going, no, nah, we're fine. Unless one of you guys just keeps coming at us with, like, draft picks and shit, we're not trading Dame right now. We're going to kick it down the road. And especially with the Heat being unable to train, uh, trade Jaime Hawkes. Uh, Jaime Hawkes for a month after he signed his rookie contract. Yeah, it's not going to happen until the start of August at the very earliest. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. So that's why I feel pretty confident taking holidays. Now I say that and watch it all happen this weekend and I have to do an emergency podcast into my fucking phone from Port Douglas. All right. <laughs> Bob with your opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Scoot is going to make everyone look stupid, even San Antonio, until year five when uh, Victor Wembanyama is the best player in the NBA. But I'll tell you what. Cam Whitmore is going to make a bunch of other teams just go, ah, so what was our problem with him again? (laughs) Him dropping the 20 is going to make fucking heaps of teams go, yeah, we overthought that one, didn't we? Jesus. I will tell you what. Yeah, bit of a rough one. He is, uh, speaking of, you know, showing the odd flashes here and there in uh, Summer League, Cam Whitmore. The only problem is he's on Houston, which is literally probably the worst landing spot for a player of his caliber. Because now he's like behind Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet, Armin Thompson. It's just literally the worst landing spot imaginable. But anyway, uh, He's going to make some teams look pretty dumb. Same with Keontae George. Right, and finally, let's do it. Our back take house. It's Wednesday at our back. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. On the way to kindy this morning, I let the squid take his cricket bat. And just as we're walking along there, there's a little bit of a warble, a little bit of a... Bang! And the squid knocked a kookaburra for six into a fence. And we chucked it on the grill. And now you've got some kookaburra wings only at Outback. They are a delicious flame-grilled treat. And today's flame-grilled take is... If Damien Lillard wants to win multiple titles, don't go to Miami with a banged-up old-ass Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and absolutely sweet dick all else on that roster. Why not get traded to Oklahoma City, Damien. Seriously. Giddy, 
Dame, SGA, the Williamses, and Chet. Tell me there's not a better core over the next five years for your title chances. In return, Portland can get every single draft picked ever they w- that they would want to go with Kaysen Wallace, Lou Dort, Victor Oladipo, Poku, Usman Deng, Garuba, you name it. Whatever you want, as long as it's we keep Giddy, SGA, the Williamses, and Chet. Have at it, sirs. Portland, trade Dame to OKC and let them win the title with Dame only at Outback. This is what I worry about with oh, Dame. Oh, I just want a chance to win. All right, then go to OKC then, dickhead. Oh, no, nah, but, nah, but I wanted to go to Miami. <laughs> Seriously, think about what that Miami roster is going to be like if Dame gets, oh, it's instantly a contender. They've got a big three. They've got fucking nothing else, though. I'm just saying. The rest of that roster is barer than my ass. So, yeah. Just, well, to be honest, my ass is pretty hairy. I'm an old-ass man. The, it's barer than the squid, the squid doses. It's, it's barer than a baby's bottom. That's how it is. All right. Nice one. All right, before we go... Let's do a quick uh, FIBA World Cup check-in with the odds. Uh, because next time we're back, we'll be doing some live streams of the FIBA World Cup, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Australia's $8.50 to win it. USA's $1.57. That might be uh, ignoring the fact that the USA finished 7th last time out. Serbia's $9.50. Slovenia, $10.00. And France, 11. So Australia is favoured to win the group over Germany, Finland, and Japan. Uh, no Rui for Japan, so they've dropped off pretty consider- uh, considerably. There you go. Jeez. Do you need a holiday, Jim? Yeah, I'm just having a stroke, apparently. Uh, but seriously, 850 for Australia. That sounds pretty good. Don't mind that. Uh, 950 Serbia, 10 for Slovenia. I don't know, Luca and... Uh, there's no official word on whether or not Luca, I believe, and uh, the Joker are going to play. So don't, don't mind our chances here in Asia. But that's basically where we'll be at. Next time we check in with you, we'll be doing a bunch of FIBA preview gear because that hits at the end of August. So we'll be doing some live streams along with some of the watches as we've done in the past. I uh, might even do a bit of a live show if you want to come join us and sink some fucking tins in Melbourne. That'll be fun, won't it? All right, so that's it. Uh, I'm on holidays for the next couple of weeks. So next time you hear NBA Australia, we will be back uh, with a bit of FIBA World Cup preview action probably in about two to three weeks' time. Uh, if something happens in that time, then we'll jump on it. And until then, it'll just be... We'll swing back in for the World Cup. You little beauty. Yeah, take some well-earned time off. It has been a fucking chaotic 12 months, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime... Make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG. We're all over the shit. We're on threads as well. I haven't posted anything yet, uh, but we're there. Uh, check out NFL Australia, myself and Gaz. We'll be back sooner probably than this show. There might actually be an NFL Australia before an NBA Australia because we'll have a bit of a season preview gear there. Uh, get some merch, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Uh, you can check me out. If you miss my voice, uh, when I go back from holidays, I'll still be on CoBet Daily. Uh, if you're into your betting... That's what we do. We have a daily show. We also talk AFL and NRL. So, yeah, get all around those. Uh, check us a rating for NBA Australia on our iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Whatever app you do use, rate, review, and comment. It really does help out. But really, big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule, and so do House Hats, Joshua Delarantis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the songs you hear throughout the show. All those bands rule. We love them forever. Uh, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Face the Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And uh, we will close out today's show with a deli review. And that'll be it. Until, I don't know, I don't know, two, three weeks from now. Maybe a bit longer. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it might be a month. Yeah, we'll come back for the World Cup. All right, until then, you dickheads, this is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Come say good day and Port Douglas up if you're up there. <laughs> Later, Hosen.
yo, yo, here the fuck is you dickheads? Uh, it's your old mate Deli over here just swinging by for another quick pop culture review and shit. Oh, you know, just being back home in Australia, hanging out with the missus and the kid and my family and shit. Like, you know, just all getting hopped up for the World Cup and everything. But I'll tell you what, you know, I've been watching a bit of telly and shit as well. And like, we watched that Ted Lasso and it fucking was a bit on the nose, wasn't it? That last season, no spoils or nothing, but fucking... Have a couple more ideas, Jason Sudeikis. Fuck me. Jesus. If I decided to write a telly show and like have every thought I've ever had about anything ever and tried to put in one season, it'd be a bit, bit, bit cooked, right? And that's what Ted Lasso season three was, eh? So, yeah. I'll give it about 14 out of 10 deli ones. And we watched that Avatar Ways of Water, like the second Avatar, and like, you know that submarine that exploded and shit? Like, fuck me, dude. Like, Oh, Jim Cameron, he's like, oh, I better make a movie about, like, the avatars, but, like, with water and stuff. It's like he forgot to do the script, mate. Like, it's just the most fucking boneheaded movie I've ever fucking seen. I'm like, this is dumber than shit. Still look pretty good, though, so there's 16 out of 10 there and whatever, but... Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, not much else is going on, so, yeah... There you go, a couple of there. I'm just like all getting fired up for the World Cup and shit for us to go win gold and everything. So hopefully it should be all right. Hopefully Gorge picks me and shit. So yeah, should be all right. All right, and there you go. Until uh, we swing by next time, this has been uh, your old mate Deli. And, you know, look after yourselves. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. Later, fuckos. Deli out.